Australia v West Indies today, of course, uh, later on this afternoon. Weather looks pretty good down there at the MCG. Then they'll head off to the SCG. We'll be out in the box. Lisa Stalaker will be part of our commentary team on Sunday with Socky and Trent Copeland. I'm really looking forward to this, Lisa, who's on the line. Good morning to you. Morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, you know, I grew up heading out to the SCG and the Windies were the Windies and the pyjama cricket, one day international cricket was really, yes. you know, hitting its straps. So I've got wonderful memories and I love cricket anyway. But how, how are you feeling ahead of this series, which starts this afternoon? Oh, look, I, I think it's um, a, a great chance for a new brigade from an Australian perspective. And obviously West Indies are rebuilding and there's always new faces as well. And off the back of what they've been able to do in the test side, um, let's hope that's inspired their ODI side because um, what we all love as well is competitive cricket. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting with the amount of cricket that we've had and we can't get enough that the, the downside of what we're going to see, some people are saying at the ODIs, is that the players that we've been used to aren't going to be there. The big names aren't going to be there, but it does allow us an opportunity to see different names, to see different players and to see the next generation of different players as well. Yeah, and I, I think I think whilst you obviously we, we get used to seeing our test stars and they tend to kind of float through to the, the different formats, it does mean that the players that have done well in the Big Bash um, and performance like a Will Sutherland, players like that get an opportunity to really show their case and, and get an opportunity to be around that Australian team because they are the future. At some point, you're going to have to change over um, but ideally, you want these players to, to come into this side and, and perform well like we expect most of anyone that, that um, wears the Australian uniform. And we've got to remember, too, whilst we go back to yesteryear and love the way that it used to be, it's completely different now. I mean, the, the players that we grew up watching in the formats that we grew up watching didn't need a break, weren't playing 24-7, weren't spearing off to IPLs. Correct. and every, you know, so, so we have to adjust to what the player's schedule is, essentially. Yeah, we do, um, and they need a break. You know, as much money as they're earning, um, you know, you can't sustain that. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that this gives an opportunity to really, um, to really give a chance to that, that next generation. And, and that's really important because I've been part of sides and any decent side is when they're, they're able to regenerate and have some experienced players. Obviously, Steve Smith leading this, this ODI team and then to be able to bring in um, those youngsters. So Lance Morris, Xavier Bartlett, as you mentioned, Steve Smith will be leading it. Travis Head um, comes in. Uh, uh, Josh Inglis comes in, and he'll open the batting alongside Travis Head in that sort of reshuffle there. So I reckon we kind of know, Lisa, what we're going to get and who we're looking at in the Australian lineup. But what about the West Indian lineup? I mean, this is going to be a really big a really big guessing game as to who's going to stand up and deliver. Yeah, it is. And I think that's why I'm quite glad I'm doing the second ODI at the SPG. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, you and I, a bit I am of a, so with you. <laughs> <laughs> gives us a bit of a chance to have a look and see these players and then, and then go, okay, now I can form an opinion um, yes. instead of kind of doing a little bit of guesswork. But um, what we have, what we did see as well is... Um, Jamar Joseph, he, what he was able to do. So I expect that in the ODI side and the players playing CPL and things like that, 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 that they'll be ready to play. Um, they'll certainly come and be ready to play. 
and we know what happened in the second test, right? We we know that the the turnaround and the history books will will show that will show that result, that eight run win. But somewhere along yep. the line there, when they were in a hole, the West Indies, they were five for they, they flicked the switch to put up a fight. Now, not many people back them to and, and and quite rightly I would think back them to go head to head when you turn when you go with experience and skill and all that kind of stuff. But you can't underestimate the fight in a team. So do you reckon that's something that they will try and double down on throughout this one day international series? We're not going to be as good probably as the lineup on the other side. But what we've got out of this tour so far is the results based on when we dig in and put put up a really good fight. Yeah, we um, I, I think I think what, what what as a fan you want to see a team kind of even when when things are against you you want to see them fight and we saw that in the test side. Um, I think I think you'll see that again from this side as well. Um, there's there's real passion and when we saw. Ian Bishop, Brian Lara, Carl Hooper get so emotional um, after that victory. Every, that, that victory meant so much to them, and I hope that it dispurs them on. Yeah, and you wonder how much emotional energy... Well, you'd hope that they got a lot of it out of it, a, a lot of emotional energy out of it, but sometimes it can be draining as well, can't it? Sometimes to reach that top of the peak, you have to give it everything. But this new-look West Indian team... It'll always be fun to watch in ODI territory. So you and I will watch very closely this afternoon and then we'll yes. gather up on Sunday and, and compare notes. Uh, any any yep. special requests for the commentary box? I mean, Copes is going to be in there. Socky Boy is going to be in there. You'll be in there and I'll yeah. be in there. So any anything you need me to bring? No, no. Just um, bring your A-grade banter game. <laughs> All right. I'm in. <laughs> I'm locked in and loaded. <laughs> looking looking forward to it. Thanks for your time this morning. No worries. Thanks very much. Bye. Lisa, it's the Laker joining us there. So Australia v West Indies, that first ODI starts from 2 o'clock this afternoon for my Sydney listeners, 1 o'clock in Queensland with the full team down at the MCG, ball by ball um, coverage. It, it is going to be interesting to see how the Windies perform here. I mean, we're taking a very different team from our perspective into this game. They're taking almost an entirely different look. But what else do they take from the results so far and the fights so far? There's no doubt about it they turned the corner. It wasn't a one-off, that kind of thing. It might take them a long time to get another test victory like that, but it was built on the back of absolute resolve when their backs against were against the wall. And in my opinion, that comes from a squad not just a team, that'll come from an entire squad. Because if you've got a squad out here, half of them are into it and half of them aren't, you don't get that kind of fight. So let's see if they can continue with that fighting resolve in the ODI series. Your thoughts on that? Happy to take them. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This morning, I caught up with, well, it was late over there and early over here, I caught up with one of the leading Formula One experts in the world, James Allen. Been out here many times, called the Australian Formula One Grand Prix. I had the pleasure of doing that with him, alongside him plenty of times. And he's well and truly across this scenario of Lewis Hamilton moving from Mercedes to Ferrari. Here's what James had to say to me earlier this morning. Quite an interesting development. Probably one of the biggest shakeups, I would say, in the Formula One driver market for, for several decades. It's something out in Senna who's Hamilton's idol, thought about doing. He had several conversations with Ferrari about switching from McLaren to Ferrari, but never made that move. 
Um, it's a little bit reminiscent as well of, of of Schumacher. You know, Schumacher had his the bulk of his success of his career with Ferrari, and then switched to to Mercedes after he came back for retirement. And Hamilton's kind of doing the the, the opposite. So there's all sorts of very interesting echoes from history in this situation. I guess some of us have always kind of felt that there was some possibility that Hamilton might do something like this. I think it speaks volumes about how secure he feels and how much money he's made in his career um, and how he has his own pathway set for his future. A lot of people would probably be considering, you know, these Hamilton's been with Mercedes his whole Formula One life. Therefore, he's set he's set for life as an ambassador for Mercedes. He could, you know, go on through to his 60s and 70s representing the brand. But he clearly feels he wants to go his own way. I think US is a huge part of the focus for Hamilton in the future. And Ferrari is a, a much bigger brand in the US than, than Mercedes is. So I think all of those things will have played into his considerations. Clearly, it's not great for Mercedes. It, it doesn't say a lot about how he feels about their chances of competitiveness going forward. So he's going to put himself in a situation in 2025 where he's going to be 40 years old. He's going to be up against Charles Leclerc. He clearly feels that he can beat Leclerc in in equal machinery. But of course, he's also got to beat Max Verstappen in a Red Bull. And both Leclerc and Verstappen will be entering their peak years as Grand Prix drivers. They'll be in their late 20s. And, um, you know, Leclerc's made a few mistakes, but he's still fundamentally an exceptional driver. And, and Verstappen's already three-time world champion. So it's not going to be easy for Hamilton. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how it all plays out. And, of course, I guess the question you want to ask is, where does this all leave Danny Rick, right? So, I mean, Danny Rick's got himself back into Formula One. He's been someone that's been thought about by Mercedes in the past. Um, he's got his drive for next for this year coming up, 2024. But there is that seat now at Mercedes alongside George Russell. Could Danny fit the bill as a as a sort of an elite driver to go into there? I think it helps him that Lando Norris has just um, committed his future to McLaren until 2027. And of course, Piastri, as we already know, who for me is the outstanding young driver coming through the system in Formula One, is committed at McLaren until the end of 2026. So, I think those two have taken themselves out of the driver market. McLaren have been clever there to lock them in. So it's intriguing to see what the possibilities are at Mercedes. And one would have to say that, I guess, from Danny Rick's point of view, if he can really show what he's made of this year, it it will definitely put him uh, right there in the shop window. So let's wait and see. And a lot of moving parts, as James Allen has just shown you right there. Many, many moving parts to come. I, I wonder whether or not we'll see something happen sooner rather than later in Lewis Hamilton's move to Ferrari, as in could they engineer it within the next couple of weeks? Could they just say, let's just do it now? Why announce it now? Anything can happen in Formula One. And quite often there is a thought process there, especially in that dog-eat-dog world of do it to them before they do it to you. And Lewis Hamilton was in no danger of being pushed out of Mercedes but he might have jumped because he can't see where he gets race wins where he's at. Really interesting scenario. And the other thing to remember too in all of this is that very few times Toto Wolff at Mercedes doesn't get what he wants. Very, very few times that happens. You know, like we say with the Melbourne Storm, the Melbourne Storm rarely let a player go that they don't want to let go. Well, rarely... Does Toto Wolf let anything happen that he doesn't want to happen? Big money at stake. 
19 and a half minutes after 10 in New South Wales. Uh, the same, but earlier, of course, 19 after 9 in Queensland. We're back after this.